Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Okay, Galatians chapter number 1. This is written to the churches located in Galatia. It's written by Paul under the Holy Spirit inspiration. And Galatia was located in Asia Minor. The people there were not Asians. They weren't Orientals. They were Gauls or Galatians. They were a fickle people. They wavered as a people. They were unstable and they seemed to like change. That's why you'll see as we go through this, verse 6, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed. But that is a little bit of the nature of the Gauls or the Galatian people. And when we get into this book, these people already received the gospel. They understood grace and the gospel of grace, but now they're going backwards. They're in reverse, moving back into law-keeping. Um, Paul already was there. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Acts 16.6 6 says, Now when they had gone throughout Phygeria and the region of Galatia. So these folks have already heard the gospel. But what happened since Paul was gone, false teachers started to show up. And they're denying salvation by grace alone. They taught simple faith in what Christ did was not sufficient for salvation. It just was not enough to be saved. You must keep laws and commands. These guys, these Judaizers, they were already in Antioch, which is right below Galatia, and they were already teaching this stuff. Acts 15.1 says, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses. You cannot be saved. So you see that? You've got to do something physically or you don't have salvation. And this is why the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these things down because this is central to our faith. It's an excellent, excellent book of the Bible. Once they make their way up to Galatia, the first thing that these false teachers are going to try to do is undermine Paul's authority. If they're successful in undermining Paul's authority, then by default, what do they do? They undermine the gospel of grace that he's teaching. And that's how you get an inroad in anything. Um, and, whether, and by the way, whether it be true or false, if you want to convince someone of another side, what do you do? You undermine the authority of that other side. And we do that when we're hitting false doctrine. Coming out of Roman Catholicism, I needed to see the foundation of the authority swept away for me to believe the truth of the gospel. So both sides know, the truth and the error know, if you can undermine somebody's authority and prove them to be a fraud, you can undermine their message. And it's the same tactic that is used today. 
one of the things we need to be careful of, let's talk about three things. Home, school, and not homeschool, but home, and then school, and then church. What? Why do we have the family falling apart in America today? The media, government schooling, the left, false teachers, whatever you want to call it, they undermine the authority of the father and mother, and then they get the kids. All of the sitcoms show dad doesn't know Nothing. <laughs> and mom just tells dad what to do and he runs around like a little scaredy cat because dad's dumb. <laughs> That's most of the shows. Uh, school. When, 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 we, when, when, when parents put their children in public school, they're not taught neutrality. This isn't, we're going to give Christianity a fair game. We're going to give... Um, Humanism a fair game and let the kids decide. <laughs> it's we're teaching them humanism. We're teaching them humanistic philosophy and we're going to give all the Muslims the pass, but those dirty Christians, no, let's get out their Bible and let's not give them anything. All I'm saying is they have an agenda and that agenda is to undermine Christianity. Kids grow up in that eight hours a day and they come home and then dad tries to have a family devotion for him for 15 minutes. He's up against it. That's all I'm saying. He's just up against it. Can it be done? Yes. I know plenty of people that have their children in school. They come out just fine. I know plenty of Christian school teachers or plenty of Christians who are public school teachers. So now we're okay. So now we're talking, but we're talking about the church. So how do you get false doctrine in? Well, you get a family or a group or somebody to come in here and undermine the pastor's authority. Now, I don't have authority over anybody. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't tell anybody what to do. You People do what they want to do. Whatever you want to do, do. I mean, I won't encourage you to sin. I won't encourage you to do wrong. But I'm not going to armbar you to do right. <laughs> I don't have authority. The authority of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. My job is to tell you what the Bible says and then sit down and shut up. <laughs> okay, because if you figure, you got to figure life out what you and God. So when I say someone comes in to undermine the authority of the pastor, that's how they're going to get you to leave strong doctrine. That's how they're going to get you, the people sitting in the pews, coming to church, the members, to turn aside. We've already dealt with this in a small way. But that small way is a big way when you're a church plant. When you lose nine people, people come in, they're nice, they're friendly. You don't know that they believe the earth's flat. You don't know that they believe that, um, you know, you got to preach government conspiracies. You don't know any of this stuff. They're just trying to see if they are going to become your advisor so that you're going to take advice from them and then it'll change the whole wave of the church. You don't think Paul was dealing with the same stuff but in a more powerful way? <laughs> he didn't have the internet, man. <laughs> he, he couldn't find stuff out as quick as we can today. You see how hard it is? These 
false Judaizers come in and they want to undermine Paul. What does he have to do? He has to defend his authority. He has to defend the gospel of grace by exposing false and devilish teaching. Then the deception comes to light. And this is why the gospel has to be central to all we do. People say, yeah, it's so simple. It is. Yet we hear the gospel over and over and over again. And then someone says, I never heard that before. <laughs> you heard it from your grandmother. You heard it from your mother. You heard it from your friends at school. You heard it from your college roommate. You heard it from your neighbor. You heard it from the preacher. You heard it from the other preacher. And then all of a sudden you get saved and you say, I never heard anything like that before. <laughs> it just, it clicks. That's why it has to be central. We can't say it enough. So Paul, what he does in Galatians is he defends the gospel. What do we have to do in Cookville? Defend the gospel. We can't stop defending that. This is why an evangelistic New Testament church, well, let me say, if you want to be a New Testament church, you have to be evangelistic. Or you just don't fit the biblical requirements. You got to go out and tell somebody. You got to tell somebody about the gospel. Um, let's let's just read two passages here from Galatians, so we can get into it, and then we're going to continue on with the introduction. Probably only going to we're going to cover two two verses this morning. Paul, the Bible says, an apostle. This is what he has to defend that he's an apostle, not of men. Neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. Now he's dealing with these false teachers. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, and we'll see later in Galatians 5 once we get there, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And people say, well, what's the big deal? And we talked about this stuff. There's stuff to fight about and there's stuff to leave alone. You don't want to get into vain and meaningless conversations and arguments. But the stuff that's worth fighting for, a little leaven really does leaveneth the whole lump. Who in the world would think that you must be circumcised in order to be saved? Who in the world would think that? That's what these Judaizers are teaching. You got to watch out for the leaven of, which is the whole theme of what Galatians is trying to get us away from, legalism. Why? Because a little leaven will leaven it the whole lump. This shows up in two ways that we'll talk about now ritualism and human authority. In Christianity, this ritualistic, I go through the motions. Christianity just leads to legalistic thinking. Romanism is the mother of that. You grow up doing these things in a ritualistic fashion and you basically mix the things that you have to do with the things that God did for you for salvation. 
It shows up in Baptist churches though too. <laughs> I'm a preacher's son. I grew up in the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I've gone to church my whole life. My uncle's a Baptist preacher. I'm None of that stuff equals salvation. It doesn't. You can't say, well, I know Romanism is wrong. I'm Baptist. Uh, okay, okay, so big deal. <laughs> when it comes to salvation, big deal. We don't put Baptist on the sign so people can get saved saying that it's Baptist. <laughs> we put Baptist on the sign the same reason somebody puts Mexican restaurant on the sign. So when they drive by, they know they're going to get refried beans and hot tamales. We want them to know the doctrine they're going to get when they come here. It's just a way to identify who we are. But it doesn't save anybody. I go to a Baptist church. Okay, great. Have you ever been born again? You see how what I do gets mixed in with what he did? People do this all the time. And then human authority. I can only do something if the man of God says so. Romanism. If the Pope speaks or the priest speaks, he speaks on the authority of the Word of God. If he says it, you do it. The priest said, I need to do these things to resolve my sins, I'll do it. Okay, well, how's that any different in Baptist churches when nobody can make a move until the, until the Baptist man of God says you can do it? I'm doing these things, and, and then the man of God said I can, and it's, it, these things, they show up in fringe groups. We ought not be a church like that. Galatians will acknowledge Peter as an authority but they're not ready to acknowledge Paul as an authority. Galatians is divided into three main parts. The first two chapters, Paul defends his authority. Three and four, Paul gives a defense of the gospel of grace. And then the last two chapters, five and six, if you and I aren't under the law and we're justified by grace, 5 and 6 says, okay, here's how you walk in the Spirit. <laughs> you're, not, you're not justified by the law, you're justified by faith. But here, let me explain to you how you walk in the Spirit of God. Galatians really is, this book is really the essence of Christianity. Personal faith in Christ alone. Plus nothing, minus nothing. We are justified by grace. We are not justified by law keeping. We are justified by faith. God's grace is what saves us. We are sanctified by the Spirit, not by law keeping. How are we justified? Not by law keeping. But aren't you sanctified by law keeping? No. We're not. And we're going to learn that as we go through Galatians. Outward behavior can be modified. Outward conduct can be legislated. we got to be careful of these things. And when we open up Galatians, I've been doing a lot of study on, 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 these, on these things. 
how many of us as parents and as grandparents can modify our children's behavior? At about 6.30, I can get them to be good for about 10 minutes. As a parent, you know that because dessert's coming. <laughs> what did we do? We modified their behavior through a pleasure button. Bling. Some lemon cookies. All of a sudden, you're an outstanding young man or woman. And it doesn't change because when they're 16 and they uh, want the keys to the car, all of a sudden they want to help dad and mom out. <laughs> Outward behavior, well, I did these things, doesn't equate inward righteousness. And then the girl is duped because she thinks that he's a good guy because he's nice and he's polite and he doesn't burp at the dinner table and he doesn't pass gas and, 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 and all this. And then she finds out after they get married, he's not really that nice. What did he do? He modified his behavior to get what he wanted. We do this. Everybody puts up face you know what galatians wants us to do when we get done this book is our life guided by the spirit of god there's no faking that i'm not saying don't have social graces Wear a clean shirt and a clean tie. When we have a fellowship, let's not belch at the table. When we we need to do outward stuff, right? I'm going to brush my teeth before I come, right? But outwardness doesn't show inwardness. And we're going to see in Galatians, it's the other way around. Doesn't matter how many rules you follow or how many commands you and I keep doesn't matter how many regulations you force onto yourself or someone forces onto you. The best outward conformist will never produce the inward spirit of Christ. That inward fruit won't be produced by outward performance. We must, we must emphatically Put the emphasis on Christ and His Spirit working inside of us. That must be the emphasis. And it always produces something outward. But it's never backwards. And, then Jude and these Judaizers in Galatians have it backwards. And Galatians will prove that true biblical Christianity... Also, it's not about your culture. It's not about your family background. It's not about your religion. It's not about your philosophy. It's 100% about the oneness in Christ. Let's go over to Galatians 3. I know this is a long introduction and we'll be getting into the meat of these books as we go on. But before we dive in, I wanted to give... 
again, a good introduction. So one thing, get in your head. Outward behavior modification doesn't equal the inward spirit of Christ. You put on your best behavior or you get somebody to put on their best behavior, it don't count much. It's the inward spirit of Christ will naturally work outward. And the second thing is we're going to get from Galatians is don't claim, you and I can't claim anything of who we are because our oneness is found in Christ. Galatians 3.28 says, Neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. We as a church are the body of Christ. We as a church are not an addendum to Israel. We're a New Testament body of church, which is the body of Christ. Okay. Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So Paul does three things here. Look what he says. He says, my authority is first, not of men. So stop looking around, he says, to find a group of men for my approval or disapproval. And then he says, look, neither by man. Because he wants to hit on the fact, stop looking for human involvement here. My authority isn't based on a group of men, so stop looking for a group. And it's not based on a man where it's passed down from one man to another. The source of my authority, he has to make this clear, comes from divinity, not from humanity. He tries to set this very clear right out of the gate. And here's his source. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father. He says, that is who gave me my apostleship. So he's saying, hey folks, that's why you need to listen to what I got to tell you. Now he has to do this. Now Paul is not trying to brag. And Paul, he's not trying to show off. His credentials are under attack. His authorship is under attack. And his apostleship is under attack. Which means the gospel of grace is under attack. So that is why he is proving his authority. Now think about this. If that were you or I, you have to go into work tomorrow and everybody's about lost their mind. And you have to prove your credentials. You take a week off and you come home to your family. And you have, now you have to prove your, your credentials. Imagine being a wife. She comes back and she has to prove her credentials. Or a husband coming back and now he has to pr prove his credentials. That's where Paul's at with these Galatians. That's frustrating. 
He's got to be emotionally taxed. Especially because the Galatian people, his converts, his own converts are believing these Judaizers. That's what's happening. Now, they're teaching belief in Christ plus good works or plus circumcision. And then you keep your salvation by maintaining good works. And you know how you're right with God? In Galatians, you know how they're teaching you're right with God? You identify with Israel. See, you've got to keep all these laws. So you have to do the circumcision. You're right with God by identifying with Israel. But we're not Israel. <laughs> we're a New Testament church. But these unsaved Jews, they don't get that and they ain't teaching that. How do these guys get in? The same way false groups and false cults get in. They say nice things. They're polite. Oh yeah, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. You ever witness to the bicycle boys? The Mormons? They'll tell you, yeah, we, be we believe in Jesus. They're polite. They're well-mannered. They're well-dressed. You would want to have them over to do a job at your house. You would want to have... They're nice. But they're bringing in something that can damn someone's soul. This is why it's so damaging. And I'd imagine Paul just be emotionally taxed from this whole situation. So, these Judaizers wanted to destroy Paul and the gospel of grace. Come on, Paul's not one of the twelve. Come on, Paul's only a second-hand preacher. I could see it now. If you think about it, I'm sure you could. If they can undermine and discredit Paul, they can pervert the gospel of grace, they can make good works a prerequisite for salvation, and they can make maintaining good works a prerequisite to keep their salvation. Now, how many of you have seen or heard a form of this in your lifetime? We all have. Paul is not about to let this happen. So this is why he has to establish authority right out of the gate. Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse number 2. Look what it says. After verse 1, he goes, And all the brethren which are with me. Unto the churches of Galatia. So it's not written to a specific church. This is all the churches in Galatia and then all the brethren. Okay? But let, let, let's key in on the first part. It says, And all the brethren which are with me. I find that pretty cool because Paul, he just insisted on his apostleship. He's not allowing its divine origin to be questioned at all. It's not of man. It's not of man. He's letting them have it. But at the same time, the next thing he says, and all the brethren which are with me, he, he doesn't have a haughty spirit. He's not boasting and being prideful, or he doesn't, he's not full with arrogance. 
He's saying, all the brethren that are with me. He's one of them. And they're one of Him. He's including the brethren right there with Him in His greeting. I stand for truth. You stand for truth. We're brethren. Shouldn't that the way it should be? I labor for the Lord. You labor for the Lord. Aren't we in this together? I want to build you up. I need you to build me up. We're brethren. We're the body of Christ. And Paul makes this contrast. Look, I just had to establish some things for you guys, but also let me establish the other side. We're brethren. We're all in this together. Who's our united force? Christ. The Gospel is what unites people. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ redeeming us is what should unite us together. And Matthew 23.8 says, For one is your Master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Or sistren. So that's interesting. Uh, we, we see that contrast in verse number 2. Now, at the end of verse 2, Galatians chapter 1, verse 2, and then it says, unto the churches of Galatia. So it doesn't say, you might think I'm hair splitting, but it doesn't say the church, singular. It says the church is plural. Why is that? He's talking to collective churches, right? That's the simple answer. But contrast that. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want you to look at this for a second. Because <clears throat> I believe it's there for a reason. And I think it's important for us to be able to stop, pause, and park and look at these two things because it's very, very important. Under the churches of Galatia. That's Galatians chapter 1, verse 2. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Watch what it says. Under the church of God. Is that singular or plural? That's singular church. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. So what do you have in Galatians chapter 1? Churches. Plural. He's writing to all these churches. What do you have in 1 Corinthians chapter 1? You have the church. This is a singular church of God, he calls it, at Corinth. They're sanctified in Christ Jesus and they're called to be saints. What is every basic Bible believer know? What does every Bible believer know about the basics of the Bible concerning the Corinthians? Everybody knows if they know anything about the Bible, that the Corinthian church was a mess. They were, they were worldly. It was the biggest carnal outfit in town. That was that church. Everybody knows this, right? That's Corinth. But what does God tell them in the first chapter of Corinthians? 
He recognizes them as what? Church of God. He recognizes and He says that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And then He calls them saints. It's a carnal bunch. It's a worldly bunch. But in Galatians chapter 1, verse 2, this is all you get under the churches in Galatia. The whole land of Galatia is being infiltrated by this. And I think comparing the two, what I get out of that is God takes it very, very, very serious if you're going to give up the gospel. Corinthian church was a carnal, worldly mess. They didn't give up the gospel. The Galatian church knows the gospel of grace. They're not going carnal and worldly. They're going law-keeping. And if you want to damn someone's soul, teach them that they can be right with God and saved by keeping laws. It's a damning doctrine. And this is why we've got to get this understood. Personally, I would hate to be a pastor of a worldly carnal church. Thankfully, we have mature believers here and it's a blessing. But imagine being a conservative Bible preaching uh, preacher and having to preach at some of these carnal outfits. And about the only thing you'll be able to do at the end of the service is rejoice in the fact that we believe the gospel the same. <laughs> as bad as that is, wouldn't you rather have that than have to be preaching at a church where nobody believes the gospel. One is an evangelistic outreach, basically. You're trying to get these people to just get saved. The other one, at least you've got... Look, the, the whole thing's a mess. The Corinthian church is a mess. Carnal, worldly, the whole bit right down the line. At least they're saved. And this is why Galatians is so important to understand. Salvation is so key to what we do and what we believe. Doctrinal evil is worse than moral evil. That's what we have to deal with. We can't mess around with the gospel. And so you know what Paul does next? I'll read a few more verses and we will close for this morning. Here's what Paul does next. Verse 3, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom 
be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know what He does? He gives them the Gospel. Grace. That's salvation. Peace. That's how you have true peace in your heart is through God's grace. Who gave Himself for our sins. What is that? The Gospel. The will of God to whom be glory. If you're destitute, a lot of people are. If you're helpless, a lot of people outside these four walls are helpless. It's a lost and dying world. They need to know Jesus Christ in a real saving way. I know we're small. You know that. This isn't some big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. We know this. Wouldn't it break your heart if somebody came in next Sunday or tonight as a visitor, lost, and we showed them a bunch of commands in the Bible that they can keep, and we showed them how to live their life in a good way to be a good citizen and a good contributing church member. And they left this building never hearing the gospel of grace and God forbid, died that night. I'd feel horrible. You'd feel horrible. All we do is pray and hope and and sow seed and evangelize and do all these things for the hopes that someone would come in. I'm just trying to tell you, we got to get this as we dive into Galatians. And I know this is an introductory message. Doctrinal evil is worse than moral evil. They must know that salvation is by grace through faith. It isn't in the works that we do or don't do. And we got to get that. And we will get more of that as we go through the Galatians. All right, let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord God, thank you that you made salvation so simple. Thank you that we don't have to do anything, earn anything, or merit any favor from you, Lord, because we can't. That's why we thank you for your favor and your merit and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for doing all the work. Thank you for making salvation so easy that by faith we can trust in what you've done for us on the cross. Help us to get a hold of that in a real way this week. Help us not to lose the central focus of the Gospel. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.